Hello everyone, it's been a while. It's Britt with a Petite Polymath. Today, we're gonna to be talking about the book, The Power, by Naomi Alderman. So hello everyone, it's been a while, and I am recording from the beautiful city of Milano. Um, I actually had a work conference in Nice, and I read The Power for the second time uh, while I was traveling. And so I decided this would be a great um, intro back into doing a bit more podcasting, potentially. So um, Naomi Alderman wrote this book um, a couple of years ago, I think. Um, or maybe it was published in 2016. But um, it kind of came into my view in the last maybe year or so. She premised or the premise of the novel is the following, uh, that at some point, I would say maybe now, in the current present, something happens to young women where they are able to actually like um, release electricity from their hands, uh, which proves to be quite the weapon. And because of this, it changes the power dynamic of our world. Uh, you know, this idea of what happens when a group of people that have been considered uh, maybe, quote-unquote, weaker or more vulnerable to physical uh, dangers all of a sudden have um, the upper hand. And I really enjoyed the book because she does this story in a series of kind of character uh, arcs that you get to follow one by one and they kind of overlap. Um, I think if I remember correctly there was five perspectives, one being a man um, and the other uh, four being women. Uh, you have a, um, a woman named Margot who is a politician on the rise uh, whose daughter um, Jocelyn actually um, has the has has the the gift, as you will. That's what I'll call it for now. Um, there's a young woman named Allie who eventually is known as Mother Eve. This doesn't spoil anything um, because while the world is adjusting to this new normal, um, there is a rise or a shift in religion uh, at the same time, which really kind of actually, I think, propels the movement forward. And it's, it's kind of um, led by this young woman, Allie, who has a troubled backstory. Uh, there is, um, well, maybe it's just three. Or maybe it's four at different times. Yeah, maybe it's not actually five. Then there's Tunde. Sorry, I digress, thinking of all the perspectives. I'm going through all the names I see at the top of my um, chapters. Tunde is the Nigerian young man who's a journalist, a photojournalist, um, who decides to follow the story all over the world in the places where it is, you know, um, destabilizing governments and causing cu cultural upheavals, particularly in patriarchal societies um, that are more rigid and, and even more oppressive um, towards women. And his experiences are, are interesting. Um, you know, in the, in the current climate of The Handmaid's Tale, uh, this is an interesting flip side of what happens when the other sex is in power. Uh, and I, I found it very 
uh, thought-provoking. In particular, I think Naomi's trying to tell us something uh, with the way that this society uh, handles this change. Um, As ultimately, you start the book in the future, um, where a young man is writing to a woman, and it's now a matriarchal society. It's been, I think, 5,000 years or something like that since the beginning, since, since now. And the world has now only known women to be um, dominant. And I don't use that word or that phrase loosely, that, that terminology, uh, because I would venture to say, and maybe it's just because you only know what you know, despite uh, the injustices towards women um, that we have seen over the course of the history of the world. Um, It's what we've known. And I would venture to say that, um, thankfully today, at least in large part, especially in the the current climate of Me Too, uh, women are getting more agency and more voice than they've probably ever had on the face of the planet. And that men that want to be successful, want to be viewed as decent, have to kind of get on board with this. Um, and I think this novel kind of shows you that at the end of the day, we are different, but our motivations are very much still the same. Uh, women have the same capacity for cruelty the same capacity for ruthlessness, the same lack of compassion, uh, the same ambition as men. How it plays out is merely just because of our places in our societies, but not because we are any less driven uh, by these things than men are. And I wonder if maybe some of the harshness of this new society is because it's in retaliation or or vengeance for what was done to women for so long. You know, if you'd had a true egalitarian society, would there ever be a need for someone to dominate the other person? This reminds me of Left Hand of Darkness, which if you haven't read Ursula K. Le Guin, I recommend. Um, you know, she and her book, it's this idea, and I, maybe I should just talk about that book at another time and I should read it, but it's, it's a society where there is um, almost like an asexuality. Uh, only when people go, or when cre- the, the, the beings go into a need to pro- procreate, do they then differentiate into um, female and male. And besides that, they're just in this in-between. And you can be either one at any time, which means that nobody has the upper hand. And so therefore, the way the society is crafted is very different. And what motivates people, that kind of sexual tension, uh, those drives in hormone, testosterone or estrogen, are of no consequence. So it's a very different way of navigating the world, which I I guess is very foreign to most of us. Um, So anyway, I digress. Um, Yeah, I was just struck by by the idea that we're not any better than men. We just think we are because we haven't had the opportunity to dominate in the ways we have. Uh, I remember, as an aside, I went on a date once with a guy who told me that women were better than men. This was a man whose dad had left his his family when he was young and he never, I don't think he'd met him. And he was raised by his mom and his grandma and his aunt. So of course, you know, strong women. He had a lot of respect for women, had an older sister that he loved very much and just felt women were better. And I laughed and told him I didn't agree. 
And he said, well, you know, all the wars are because women, women aren't in power and, and all of these things that have happened in the world. And I said, well, if women were really better than men, then there still wouldn't, there wouldn't be any war or there wouldn't be any issues with human trafficking or, um, or sexual harassment or all these other sorts of things because women help bolster up these systems and use them to their own advantages as well. And when they have power, they often exploit other people. You know, you think about human trafficking as a perfect example. So many young women uh, that are preyed upon by other women, other women, uh, you know, that are um, exploiting people for their own monetary gain and their own power, women that are just frankly sadistic and cruel. Men don't have a monopoly on that. Now, while they might have, quote unquote, a monopoly on maybe some physical strength um, or the assumption of physical strength, uh, though maybe the stories we tell about men and women might be, um, might be different, I don't think our capacities for evil are any different at all. And I think this book shows that. And I think maybe what we're really supposed to be getting at is a desire of mutual respect and appreciation of difference of, of our genders. You know, the interesting thing is, you know, so in this, in this book, um, what happens is that for some reason there is some electrical organ that kind of is lying over the, I think over the sternum, so the breastbone of the women. And the younger women can actually wake it up and the older women but then there are women that don't have the power at all or they can't control it. And there are some men who have it. And, you know, this idea of, um, of spectrum for gender is another really interesting uh, topic of the book. I also was curious uh, about the ethnic implications. So all the women in the book are white. Um, white American, Eastern European, that could just be because Naomi writes what she knows. And then Tunde, of course, is this black Nigerian guy. But there's no, um, there are no women of color that you really get to get the story of. And I would love to have got into the inner workings of their mind and how they navigated the world after that. And how, you know, what were the racial implications? Was there, were there ethnic superiority issues with the women afterwards, just like they always have been? Or were women really more egalitarian? You know, spoiler alert, I'm betting that they weren't. Um, another thing I had to face was my initial reactions to the cruelties towards the men by women, particularly sexual. Um, I've always been extremely uncomfortable. Like, I can't watch prison movies and I don't like, like, I just can't face those worlds of, of abuse Um and deviance in that way. They make me very uncomfortable. It could probably be the empath in me. But in particular, when it's, when it's directed towards men, it's really, really unsettling, I think because it just seems even more unnatural, which is a shame. You know, we just accept or expect for men to be cruel to each other or actually cruel to women and not even so much cruel to each other. But when you see that flipped and you see hordes of women being, being cruel to men and the men being cast in this, what we would say would be, I guess, an effeminate and helpless state. It clearly means we need to change our language. Um, it is 
very disconcerting because it just flips everything on its head and you just kind of don't know what's up from down. And then you have to kind of unpack what are the traits that I attribute to men? What do I attribute to women? Why am I not equally bothered by the cruelties that are, you know, um, dished out to, to everyone just in general and the biases that we have in our own, in our own views of the world. Um, the last thing that I, that I was interested in uh, was the religion. So I'm a Christian, as any of you who have listened to this have, uh, know. And so Allie, a.k.a. Mother Eve, um, who I presume is schizophrenic, uh, has this voice. You know, is it God? Is it herself? Is, it, is she possessed? You know, what's going on here? who kind of drives her, has protected her throughout, she's a foster kid, so throughout her, the various homes. And actually, I misspoke, Allie is mixed. She's, she's biracial, so half black, half white. So maybe technically, there is a person of color here uh, in the novel. But um, she, and that could be why Naomi did that, but she um, ends up ushering in this new religion. And what I find fascinating is she pretty much takes... Um, a, I would say maybe a Unitarian view of the world, um, and, but takes the language of Christianity and changes all the pronouns. And if you're a Christian who really gets it, you know that God supersedes gender. Um, and if you've read The Shack, you know that God is both father and mother, equally nurturing and protecting, etc. Uh, and, and any real Christian doesn't have any discomfort with, with God being both since humans are supposed to be the embodiment of God as a whole. And that's why you have two halves, right? Uh, but she takes this to a whole new level. Uh, kind of the veneration of Mary from the Catholic Church, she takes that and she kind of puts Jesus in the back seat and says that the mother is more powerful than the son because she gives life to the son, right? And so this whole matriarchal system of, of worship comes out of, out of her. Um, but then she also doesn't really like have any requirements for people. Um, so people could take that language and apply it to um, Hinduism, where you have Kali, the goddess of destruction. You, you could take that to these, um, you know, kind of nature Wiccan cults. Um, it could be super new age. It could just be the veneration of all the Christian saints. It could be looking at all of the uh, women that have kind of been, you know, maybe not seen as, a, as important in both Islam and Judaism and bringing all those women to the forefront and kind of putting the men into the shadows. Uh, so um, Ali, though, has a, a crossroads because she starts off wanting to do what's right. And seeing this as an opportunity to rescue women who have been abused, misused, as she has been, and to find their full potential and rise above that. And then it not just be a quote-unquote gospel for the women, but for all people. But at some point, she has to face something from her past and decide if she's going to actually stay the course of what is right, or if she's just going to play the long game by sacrificing her integrity. And... You know, I won't spoil the book, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what happens. Although what the conflict is, is very, very fascinating. There are a lot of, oh, I was right. There is another woman in the book, but I'm Roxy. 
who I really enjoyed. She's British, and you know, I, I do love a good Brit. Uh, there are wonderful character development, um, you know, storylines throughout the book. I think that was redundant. I'm sorry, you all. Um, I'm a little all over the place today. Uh, I'm also quite hungry because I just got into Milan from the train and I need to find something to eat. Um, but I highly recommend it. Um, if you have questions about what I thought about particular things in the book, feel free to drop me a line. If you're a friend of mine, text me and I will address it when I um, talk about the next book that I'm reading, which is to be decided. And now I'm going to go see if I can scrounge something up for lunch. Ciao!